Hey, hey, everyone. This is the Charisma Quotient. I'm your host, Kim Seltzer, a dating and makeover expert, where I will help you build confidence, make connections, and find love from the outside in. Welcome back to the episode called What Would Kim Do? And as you know, this is where I read different scenarios, challenges, dating blunders, and really any problem that you all might need solving. And I'm going to tell you exactly what I would do to help you through it. So let's get to it. All right. Question number one. I haven't been able to figure out why I keep attracting unavailable guys. Multiple times in my life, I've met a guy, we vibe, we're attracted to one another, I meet their parents and friends, and we get along great, but they don't take me seriously as a partner. In fact, three different times in my life, I've gotten to know a guy and then come to find out that they have a girlfriend. I'm an open book, so I tell men up front that I want a traditional relationship, marriage, kids, growing old together. I want it all. But for whatever reason, they don't take me seriously and just want to have fun. What am I doing wrong, Rachel? Oh my gosh. Uh, Rachel, this just sounds so frustrating, and I, I can see why you're getting really, really frustrated. Like always, it's it's almost like you're the bridesmaid, but never the bride kind of thing. But it it's almost worse because it sounds like you're like ready and waiting at the altar in your wedding dress. <laughs> and maybe that's the problem, okay? When I hear this type of problem, it's really good to kind of look at yourself and ask a couple questions. Because obviously, I don't know you and I can't interview you right now. But here are some things that come to my mind. Number one, are you letting men earn you? I mean, you say you are an open book, but I'm kind of wondering if you are almost like showing all your cards or pages in this example too soon, too fast without slowing down and seeing who shows up for you. I almost feel like you are going a mile a minute, like you're meeting with friends and your family and you're already talking marriage. I I don't know. I wonder if in efforts of you wanting a serious relationship and to have him sign the contract, you are actually pushing him away. So that's like one of my first thoughts. Also, you haven't given it enough time and perhaps you know, you really need to pay attention to who is showing up for you. You're so busy trying to seal the deal that you're not paying attention to what they are actually giving you. My hit is that you need to demand more for yourself. I think you're just like, you're missing that mark. Number two, and I have to ask this question, when are you having sex with these guys? All right. It sounds like there's a lot of chemistry in the beginning. You guys are getting caught up in that storm and I'm just wondering if you're having sex and getting physical with these guys really, really fast. And not that there's anything wrong with it, and I'm not a rules girl when to have sex and when not, but when I hear a pattern like this, it says to me there's something about this dynamic that might not be good for you if you are having sex right away. Because you might be sending the signal that you're just the quote-unquote fun one and not the serious one by doing that. The third question to ask yourself is, are you vulnerable? 
how do you express feelings with these guys? It seems like these interactions are almost, I don't know, superficial, if you will, and you end up in the either sex zone or the friend zone, which says to me, again, that there may not be enough emotional connection and chemistry that's happening. So, you know, I see this a lot, and the solution obviously is always doing a little bit deeper work. You know, my coaching, when I do that with people, I like to create a plan around their dating so that there is more of like a collection of data, if you will, as they're going on these dates so that, you know, you're slowing down and you're creating new patterns for yourself with a plan and with purpose. So I hope that helps. All right, let's go to question number two. My dating goals are to be more confident approaching and asking women out. I have a hard time coming up with what to say when approaching women and how to actually ask them out. I also don't know how to tell if they are married or already seeing someone. Do you have any tips around getting out of my head so that I can just ask women out? Chris. Well, Chris, first off, the fact that you are trying to come up with what to say or decide if they are taken or not is exactly why you're freezing when you're approaching these women. Because you, yes, you are way too much in your head and you're not enough in the moment and being present. Here's the thing. Women smell hesitancy and insecurity a mile away. And if they sense it, they themselves will feel awkward because the conversation or approach is somehow disconnected. It doesn't feel real and authentic because, you know, we can sense when you're nervous. So, I, you know, you remind me of this client that I worked with years ago. He is near and dear to me, and he actually has a beautiful girlfriend who I visited on the East Coast not too long ago, and they're in a long-term serious relationship. But he had a journey in getting there, and just like you, he had a lot of trouble approaching women. So he came and did a full intensive with me, and we went to Whole Foods. And I'll never forget this. So we're in the nut department, okay, if you can picture this. And he sees this gorgeous woman, and I see his palms getting sweaty. He's getting all nervous, and he's like, Kim, I can't do this. I said, okay, what's going on in your head right now? And he said, well, I just, I don't know what to say. I just, I'm like captivated by her beauty, and I don't want to say the wrong thing, and I, like, nothing is coming to me right now. And his name is Paul. And I said, Paul, what department are you in right now? He goes, nuts. It's the nut department. I said, okay, I, I, <laughs> I, I'm not going to say anything more. There are so many things you could do with this nut thing, right? And he goes, oh my God. And he starts laughing. I said, yeah, we could really like, we could get kind of funny and sexual with it. But beyond that, there's so many things about nuts you could talk about or ask questions about. And so, you know, what I was really teaching him to do is be more observant around his environment and what the environment and the person was getting him curious about rather than thinking of lines. That's the worst part. That And that will stop you every single time is when you're trying to think of like 20 lines that maybe worked for your friend or that you read in some book, the pickup artist book. Th that's where it doesn't 
you know, that authenticity piece gets missing. So anyway, he did. He went up to her and said something funny. I don't even remember what he said. There was something funny he said about the nuts. And I see right away she starts laughing. So like it broke the ice right away and they were off and running. And he ended up having like a 20 minute conversation with her. And I was just watching her body language, you know, from afar. And, you know, I could see that she really liked him. You know, she was smiling. She was standing close to him and was giving him a lot of indication that she liked him. So he ended up asking her out at the end and she said yes. And it was that simple, you know. So I know I'm making it sound simplistic, but this, you know, it does take practice I have a wonderful formula that I teach people that helps people move from their head to their heart so that there's more of a personal and emotional connection during the engagement. And in that first phase, I teach people how to get out of their head and be more present. I kind of tip my hat when I was talking about Paul's example, but the first thing that you can do is really kind of just be in the environment. Use your observation to understand who's in the room. Where can you place yourself so you have the greatest chances of conversation? What's written on people's faces? Get a temperature of people and the room. Because the more you are observing your environment, the less you are in your head and you're really getting grounded. You're in the moment, okay? Then you ask yourself, a question about what, you know, something you're curious about. So like in the case of the nuts, I think he asked something about, you know, the nuts are are these particular nuts good, but it came from a place of curiosity and authenticity. Think of something you're really curious about. I see, I use kids as an example all the time. I love children because they have not developed filters yet. And when they're curious about something, they'll just go up to someone and ask, what's that? You know, it's that kind of what's that attitude that will really help you. And, you know, when you come from that curious state, you also are much more open and playful with your attitude. And then the third thing to do is just ask a question or make a statement around something you're curious about. It doesn't always have to be a question, by the way. You know, maybe you see a woman in the department store and you can see that she's trying on, um, you know, something. Thing, maybe it's a new dress and she's looking in the mirror and she's kind of looking curious about whether she likes the dress or not. Using your observation and thinking, wow, that woman looks really amazing in that dress. Maybe you just go up to her and say, oh yeah, you should get that. That looks amazing on you. You know, and that statement is so in the moment and really authentic and it would break the ice doing something like that. So I hope that helps. The end of the, I mean, everything is about practice, guys. As you can tell, I can give you some pointers. I can give you formulas. But if you don't practice it, you're not going to create a new habit. So all these things that I'm talking about, I really encourage you, like even if you just try it one or two weeks and see what happens, it will increase your confidence. Okay, so let's get to question number three. I think my biggest obstacle right now is not feeling super confident and that in turn radiating out to people I meet. I get tongue-tied in social situations, and although I seem to attract interesting people, 
both male and female in professional or social situations, I can't seem to get or keep them interested. See, I just got (laughs) tongue-tied. I can see the light dim in their eyes as they get to know me, and I feel that maybe I'm not the dynamic person that they think I am. I can tell folks are snoozing at my stories of far, of travel and dangerous situations, even though I've seen others excel at making even the mundane sound exciting. Although this is likely all in my head, laugh out loud, Joyce. Oh, gosh. Okay, well, let's address, Joyce, the fact that you think it's in your head first. Because <laughs> that was the first thing I was wondering. As I was reading this, it kind of popped in my mind. And this is what I want to ask you. What evidence do you have for this to actually be true? Like, you think people are snoozing and the light is dimming in people's eyes. But is that actually true? I find that we always see things way bigger, way worse, and different in our heads versus the reality of what is happening and how people actually view us. And we usually have a poorer or more negative perception than what other people think. So I'm just wondering, is there some sort of label that was put on you um, that you're just like not interesting or you're not the charismatic one? Maybe you're the smart one. You're not the charismatic one. I don't know. There's something about this that I just feel like your confidence is or lack thereof is coming more from like deeper messages growing up or gremlins that you have. So you're actually playing that out and making that to be true. Because if you already go in thinking, oh, I'm not charismatic and people are going to snooze, then guess what? They will. Um, You know, beyond what I'm about to tell you, I'd love to do a wing gal session with you to see if this is truly the case. That's why I love my live sessions, by the way, because they are so powerful. No one can really see themselves. And I see this both when people are, whether they're trying on a new dress and they don't think that they could wear that or talk to a pretty woman they thought was out of their league. So many of you cannot see yourself and maybe you're hypothesizing something that is just simply not true. But self-fulfilling prophecies aside, the fact is that you're not feeling interesting, right? Like that, let's just deal with that. And you also get tongue-tied. So let's tackle the issue. Number one. I would definitely take an improv class. You all hear me talk about this all the time. It's because I come from having an improv background. I just think it does wonders to, especially when I hear people struggling with something like this, because it will help you get more playful, tap into humor, almost like embody a character so that maybe you need to just, you know, act as if and pretend you are charismatic until you become it. The second thing that I would do is actually observe charismatic people and surround yourself with that, you know, people like that. So you're almost like absorbing their skills and energy. And you could even like watch clips on YouTube and give yourself ideas, you know, in particular, watch their body language, the way they communicate, their tonality, the way they dress, all of that encompasses, you know, charisma. That's what the show is about. That's what I teach. And finally, it's like what I said before, practice, act as if, and replace that label of you being uninteresting to I am fascinating and fun. And go into a room saying that. Like do a little prep work before you enter a room and say that. Maybe you want to give her a name. 
right? So what is your name? Your name is Joyce. So maybe you're joyful Joyce, you know, every time you walk into that room. So again, practice, practice, practice until you become. All right. Question number four. I think that part of my struggle is that I don't actually know what I really want. I do have a lot of internal work I need to do to figure that out, but I do know that dating is a struggle for me. Meeting eligible singles, having the courage to talk to guys I like, and overcoming fear every time I meet someone new, all of it, all are a part of the challenges that I feel get in the way of me dating and going out. I spend most of my time waiting for the guy to find me or for dating to happen to me instead of me to happen to it and just never develop those skills. Is it too late, Jane? Okay, Jane, this is what I want to say. How the hell are you supposed to know what you want if you don't have the experience? It's like asking a kid in kindergarten. I love like how, and and actually this is a question that so many adults ask kids. What do you want to do? What do you want to be when you grow up? Now, most kids will say, oh, I want to be a fireman, a policeman, a princess, because that's what they've seen in stories and might think is cool. But no five-year-old has the experience to make professional goals or send out a resume based on their skill set. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> this is the same thing, which is why you're having so much confusion of what it is you really want. All of these challenges you're laying out are simply due to the lack of experience. And you know that's my definition of confidence, right? I don't believe that there's anyone out there that is not confident overall because everyone has something in their life that they feel confident in. And if you look at that area, why is it that you feel confident? Because you've had experience and positive experiences around that. So number one, no, it is not too late, Jane. I help people of all ages find love. You just need a plan to help you gain experience so that you can date smarter, not harder, and actually enjoy dating. So learn how to flirt and go on a bunch of dates. But you have to be proactive and stop laying on Sleeping Beauty's bed waiting for Prince Charming to wake you up with a kiss. It ain't going to happen, okay? (laughs) And I feel like that's what you're doing, but you have to make your own realities. And I feel like you, I think your waiting is actually a way to keep you safe because you're scared. I truly, like you staying in your little Sleeping Beauty bed is way more comfortable than actually waking up and getting out into the world and going after Prince Charming. I get it. Because scared of the unknown is always hard. But you, the only way to get over that fear is to start doing it. And it'll be less scary. And I promise it'll actually be fun after a while. And finally, stop comparing yourself to others you are on your own journey and you are different from your friends and what society might dictate. So you do you and the right guy will come to you. All right. I think we have time for one more. This is from Emily. The obstacle to my dating the kind of men I want to date right now is that the men I'm meeting are emotionally unavailable. Another one with the emotionally unavailable. Okay. But this is a little different. I realized too, that I have emotional blockage. 
I've built walls to protect myself, and it's difficult for me to let others in. It's extremely difficult for me to approach others as well. I'm getting much better at this, but the question remains for me, since most people I'm dating are online, how is it that I'm still attracting emotionally unavailable men? And... I'm getting frustrated with online dating. I much prefer to meet someone organically. Help, capital letters, <laughs> please. Oh, Emily, I would love to help. And actually, this is a really interesting topic because I find that a lot of people repeat patterns online that they experience offline. And there's confusion around it. It's like, how can that possibly be the case when there are two different types of dating, right? But really, I mean, overall, there are so many layers here in this question, and it definitely bodes to someone working with you in a more personal way to see exactly what's going on. So again, without knowing you and without doing deeper work, here are some things that are, you know, at the top of my mind. Number one, you say you have emotional baggage and that you have built walls up, okay? What I'm wondering is what are some ways you might be doing that online? Now, that might seem like a weird question to you, but look at your pictures, for instance. Um, you know, what's your body language? What are your pictures? Like, what kind of story are you telling with your pictures? Your profile, what are you communicating? Okay. There are actually things that you might be marketing online that's coming across as distant and emotionally like unavailable. I'll give you an example. I just started working with a woman and she um, really hasn't dated in a very long time. She's a widow. She's really scared. Um, and in the past, she has also... Um, attracted kind of unavailable men. She doesn't have a lot of practice at dating and she's new at this, right? And so she had gone online right before we started working together and I asked her to, to just send me her profile so I could see what's happening because she's like, you know, I'm starting to get traction, but I feel like these guys are ghosting and they're not really available. They're not committing. So I look at her pictures and I, I knew exactly why she was attracting these kind of guys. So first of all, her pictures all had her doing all these things, like her visiting Machu Picchu and visiting an Indian village with children. And on top of it, you couldn't even see her. And when you saw her, she was covered with like a hat and sunglasses. She was kind of off in the distance. So her body was really small and the mountain was really big. So the pictures were actually mostly of the action rather than of her. And I asked her, I said, it, you know, I'm wondering if your pictures are a way of hiding. She's like, well, I don't understand what you mean. I said, well, it seems to me that your confidence lives in your action and what you're doing. So you're selling the man that you're, that you're interested in all these things than actually advertising you. And there was a long pause. And she, she admitted that she wasn't comfortable showing her body or her emotions so we talked about what it would be like to have a picture of her in a red dress and just of her without anything in it, where she actually showed up as an available 
attractive woman. And it sounds really scary to her. And I'm still working with her. I'm about to do a virtual um, makeover session with her so I can give her some tips on what clothes to put on and so that she can really like work on that sexy confidence. But that is a like a really blatant example of how she was attracting kind of unavailable guys. Um, another thing is your profile, okay? What is written on your profile? Are you talking mostly about, you know, what you can do for him and you're not doing enough of what you like and what you want and what you feel? I see this a lot. I really do. Um, On top of it, a lot of times we'll put it, you know, people will put in their description just statements that are factual, dry, or distant. So it's like they'll write two lines in in like um, a really short form and say, hi, I'm so-and-so and and I'm adventurous, caring, and like to travel. Boring. And honestly, like you could copy and paste that a thousand times and (laughs) you'll see this, this same profile over and over again that really doesn't say anything about you and you're not really evoking any emotion or personality into what you're writing. So instead, try telling a story and instill more emotion in the way that you're conveying yourself. So don't just say you're adventurous. Instead, tell me a story of a place that you loved where you traveled to. Like, I crave going back to Spain and tasting the wine while enjoying salsa and dancing till wee hours of the night. Are you going to join? Question mark. Now, that is way more sexy and inviting and invoking more emotion than say, I'm adventurous. I like dancing. You get you get my point? <laughs> I mean, the whole point is that the more you put yourself out there, the more you get back. That is both for online and offline. It includes, you know, the way you tell a story with your pictures, your profile, and how you're even also conversing online. So that's the third question to ask yourself. Are you flirting and emoting, you know, if you're having some IM exchanges online? You know, in order to meet someone available, you have to be available to the world. But again, This is my specialty, mapping out a dating plan so that you are diversifying your dating portfolio to increase your chances for success. All right. I think we got through them. That's all the time we have today. And I hope you found that enjoyable and useful. And, you know, I always encourage you, anyone has any questions you want me to say here and what would Kim do episodes, definitely. You can find me on Facebook, Kimberly Seltzer, and just get in touch with me. I'd love to read your questions and see how I can help. So again, thanks for joining me today. This has been the Charisma Quotient, and I'm your host, of course, Kim Seltzer. And remember, you can build confidence, make connections, and find love from the outside in. You can go to my site, as always, Seltzer style.com for more information. And if you want to get some of your questions answered on top of just writing in, you can join my Facebook private group, Love Makeover Insiders, which is a group of supportive women all working on their love life. And you can click the link you see here in the show description to join that. It's free. Stay tuned until next week, of course, with more tips on how to feel and look fabulous every day.